1: I'm about to watch what is lining up to be a beautiful sunrise in Helena, Montana. I work graveyards, it's about quarter to six in the morning. Um, and I'm supposed to be working, but I decided to blow that shit off to check out the beautiful sunrise that's about to happen. Thanks for teaching me what Carpe Fucking Diem means, Uncle Chris. Take care, y'all. Bye.
0: Hey, Chris. This is Ariana. I've wanted to call in for a while because I know more guys usually call in than girls, and it seems like maybe there's a larger number of guys listening to the podcast. Um, But I just want to add to the chorus of female voices and say that, hey, I am a woman, and I love your podcast and resonate with what you say, and your podcast and Sex at Dawn have both been super influential in my life. And I also wanted to call in because I've been having a fairly typical life living in Orlando, Florida, working in the service industry, and so I also just wanted to say, hey, I'm a female having a typical life and enjoying your podcast, but (laughs) somehow I find myself recording this right now in Oaxaca, Mexico. (laughs) I've been wanting to travel for a while, but the right opportunity just hadn't come up and somehow suddenly doors opened and I jumped and quit my job, left Florida. I've been traveling through Oaxaca, Mexico for about a month now and I've got about at least another month to go. So thanks Chris for somehow getting me to Mexico. It's just something about your podcast, I guess, listening to it just Somehow makes people's dreams of traveling come true. So thanks for everything that you're doing. Bye
1: Hey Chris and everyone from the Tendentially Speaking family. I'm in, Oh, uh, well, my name is Dylan. And I'm in India right now I'm uh, from Holland and I'm uh, following this Russian travel maniac hitchhiker who's um, Taking me up to uh, some UNESCO heritage site near Ajanta and because she um, sort of low on money she wants to uh, take a detour to uh, Walter well, not pay for the entrance but we uh, we stumbled on a tiger actually I, uh, I saw it in a blink of an eye it looked as agile as a cat and bigger than a dog so I guess that should have been a tiger but it, it ran away from us and um, so I guess the most glorious most last wild creature in India is scared of two people. So, uh, yeah, just keep doing what you're doing, man. I still have to get down this fucking mountain, but it's going to be, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to look for my friend. Tanya, where are you?
2: Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Which is that, uh... Tanya maybe tiger food at this point. <laughs> I hope not. I hope not, but I think it's really it's really cool that Dylan's on a mountain in India uh after just seeing what was quite possibly a tiger and he decides that's the moment to record something <laughs> to send me. Thank you Dylan. I hope you survived that. I hope Tanya survived it. And uh yeah uh oaxaca is great uh i i really like it. it's been a long time since i've been there but i do remember it is a beautiful area and sunrises are great too carpe fucking diem thank you all you people out there for sending in these very inspirational sound clips audio files uh please try to keep them under 30 seconds if you can uh so I don't edit out any interesting stuff and hurt anyone's feelings, but I try to keep them uh, brief and um, send them to me at uh, intros at what is it? Intro at uh, tangentially dot com. Thank you. Uh, this week's guest. This is episode 400, by the way. Another milestone passed, uh, and I decided that it was appropriate to celebrate this moment with my good friend, Simon Rex. He is one of my closest buddies, and we met because of this podcast. And um, yeah, my God, if I if I had to look at my life, if I took a snapshot of my life and sort of uh, The prominent people who figure in my life these days, probably uh, somewhere around 80% of them came to me through the podcast. Um, Either people who listened to it, who reached out and we became friends, um, like Simon, for example, uh, or um, guests I've had on that uh, I became close to, like... uh, um, Wim Off and, and his uh, son and daughter uh, are f- good friends of mine at this point. Um, certainly not among my closest friends. I don't see them that often, but people I value very much. I, I won't even go down the list. Um, but so many, this podcast has enriched my life so much. And uh, it's only possible because there's an audience big enough that I can leverage into getting people's attention to, uh, give me the time of day. And so you help me with that. And I'm very grateful for that. Um, I'm especially grateful to people who are in a position to support the podcast financially. You can do that through my new website, uh, that was put together by the good folks at wake media.earth. I'm going to talk about them in a minute. Um, but they set up, uh, uh, Christopher, Patrick, and Ryan. Can you believe it? Three brothers who own com, dot earth. Um, They set up this new website for me. And one of the things they did was set up an independent patronage uh, system so that I won't be vulnerable to... Uh, Patreon or any other platform that may decide to de-platform me because I say bad words occasionally or I might have on a guest that they don't approve of or whatever. Um, not that I've received any pressure from them uh, as of yet, but uh, some other people have been kicked off uh, Patreon and other platforms for um, essentially voicing opinions or having conversations uh, that were deemed inappropriate or, or whatever. And, you know, to be fair, uh, I believe most of those incidents involved right-wing folks who may have been, uh, expressing white supremacist views or, or something of that ilk, um, which obviously I don't agree with, uh, politically, but I'm even more vehemently in disagreement with the notion that you can remove someone's voice or or cut their funding because you disagree with their opinions. Uh, what's that line? I, uh, I disagree with you, but I'll fight to the death for your right to state your opinion, something like that. Um, I'm not sure about the death part, but uh, I do think it's a very important principle of liberal society that um, we allow the airing of opinions that we disagree with. I think that's something that's under assault um, from the left and the right at this point. And uh, I think that's very dangerous. So anyway, I think that podcasts are one of the uh, strongest bulwarks for free speech uh, at this point in history. And so I think it's very important that there not be anyone between me and you. And uh, that's why I thought it was important to set up this independent um, sort of financing system so that if Patreon or um, you know iTunes or Amazon or anybody else decides that they don't want to be associated with me, Um, But you still want to hear what I have to say and you still want to hear these conversations with uh, whomever I decide to invite on, then we can keep this going. And that's the whole point that, yeah, I have sponsors occasionally. I have a sponsor I'm going to talk about today. um, But uh, those sponsors don't have control over the podcast and. They come and go. And uh, clearly, I don't accept a sponsorship if I don't feel comfortable with them. But if they decide they're not comfortable with me, there has to be a way for uh, you and me to connect directly so that, um, you know, we don't become just another one of these examples of something that might sound like free speech, but is actually controlled by corporate interests. So I want to really give a shout out to uh, Patrick, who is the guy that I worked with uh, most uh, directly, and his brothers, Chris and Ryan. Um, Patrick has been amazing, uh, seriously. And again, I, the whole point of of this podcast for me is that I can speak totally honestly to you and vice versa, um, and I get... Fantastic emails from people and I see conversations happening on Reddit that I I dip into occasionally um, and the level of authenticity in these conversations and emails is just so fucking great so beautiful so rare in this world saturated by bullshit and um, I really want to honor that and and. Make sure you know that that's my number one priority. So when I talk about how great Patrick's been, man, I am not bullshitting you. He is super responsive. Uh, Setting up a website can be a complicated thing. I've got a lot of stuff going on in this website. I've got a store selling, uh, you know, my mom's selling the shirts. Um, the, you know, beer cozies, things are different weights, they're going to different countries, people are ordering stuff from Sweden and Australia and Canada, and uh, it's complicated, even though there are plugins for these things, it's all complicated, and there's no one-size-fits-all kind of situation, everything has to be tweaked and figured out, and wait a minute, this is a military address, so it's got a U.S. thing, but it's actually international, and how does that work, and um, you know this T-shirt weighs this. These t- T-shirts weigh more. This book is heavier than those books. Um, there's a lot of stuff that needs to be paid attention to, um, and and when the website feels like it's done, things come up. Anyway, the point is, I sent an email to Patrick. Hey, uh, you know, no, not top priority. I know you got a lot of other things going on, and and they did this. Pro bono, they did this just because they like the podcast and uh, they wanted to help me out. So seriously, put it at the bottom of your list. I know you guys need to pay your rent and feed your family. I am not a top priority. But invariably within 24 48 hours, Patrick gets back. Okay, here's what I did. Da 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 here's my list of things that are still pending. I'm working on, you know, I don't want you to think I've forgotten about this. He's super responsive. Very responsible, Um, responsive and responsible. There you go. There's your slogan, wakemedia.earth. And just really good at what they do. So if you have a website that needs uh, redesigning, if you have a company and you need uh, sort of a branding consultation, um, whatever, if you want to take your thing onto the Internet or out into the larger world, your company, your Personal business, whatever it is you're doing, um, definitely give give them a look. Wake Patrick's the guy I talk to, but I'm sure Chris and Ryan are great. They have great names: Christopher, Patrick, and Ryan. Give them a call. Yeah, tell them Chris, Christopher, Patrick, Ryan sent you. That'll that'll be really symmetrical. All right. This episode is sponsored by Lilo the sex toy company that i've been talking about uh in several previous episodes uh i don't know maybe you're not into sex toys not everyone is right a lot of people aren't into sex toys uh but if you are or if you know someone who may be uh these are top of the line these are you don't want to you don't want cheap sex toys uh, you know there's some things in life that are worth splurging on like a watch is the opposite there's a line in civilized to death where I say, I'm talking about people who are, you know, dependent upon um, money and financial status as a sort of a, you know, way to be feel personally validated. And the line is, a watch tells the time. A ten thousand dollar Rolex tells people you've got issues, and I believe that. Uh, now, there might be some businesses where, I don't know, if you don't have an expensive watch, the other investment bankers will look down their nose at you. I I don't know. I have a buddy who's an investment banker, and he wears the cheapest Timex. Um, I think he's sort of subverting that that whole game, which I've always found to be the most interesting response to the game, right? There are those who are losing the game, those who are winning the game, and those who just laugh and walk away from the game. Uh I find that to be the most uh, interesting response. But um, what's my point? No cheap sex toys. That's Sex toys aren't a game. If you're going to get a vibrator, why not get a really good vibrator? Not some cheap plastic piece of crap that you buy at, uh, I don't know, does Costco sell vibrators? <laughs> I don't think they do. Anyway, Lilo are the best sex toys I've ever seen. And I've seen a bunch of them. And if you use the discount code Chris Ryan, who knew Chris Ryan would ever be a discount code at a vibrator company? But if you do use that discount code Chris Ryan at checkout, you get 15% off any full price items that you might want to get there at uh, Lilo. I'll put the link, obviously, in the show notes for this episode at that chrisryan.com or tangentiallyspeaking.com, episode 400, of course, with Simon Rex. Uh, there's a special link that will, um, you know, take you to that so that they'll see that you came through this. But if you use the discount code, uh, chrisryan at lilo.com, uh, it'll work just as well. Yeah, they've got, uh, the Hitachi Magic Wand, which is no longer made by Hitachi, which is famously known as the Cadillac of vibrators. That's an Audi, meaning it doesn't go inside uh, the body. It stays on the outside. It's more of a clitoral uh, uh, stimulator. Uh, those have been discontinued by Hitachi. But Lilo makes one that is wireless. All their stuff is is cordless it's waterproof uh you know safe in the shower it's this uh, material i don't know what it is i know it's some sort of uh vinyl or plastic or i don't know what it is but it's feels like skin it feels warm it's soft it's uh i mean they're they have beautiful colors like sort of deep purples and I mean, it's nice. It's classy, and most of their stuff doesn't look like a sex toy. So if you have kids around or something, and you happen to forget it and leave it out, just tell them it's a bunny rabbit or something. It's not. They don't look like uh, you know. It's not like a dick sitting there on your bedside table. So with that classy ad out of the way, uh, Lilo dot com L E L O. Check them out and uh, tell them. Chris sent you <laughs> all right now what's going on in the world uh, I just recorded the second monthly video Roma for uh, subscribers at my new website so if you're interested in that you can subscribe at the website and see that and the previous one I do them once a month um, for uh, subscribers only and you can subscribe for as little as two bucks a month uh, I think the the 5 bucks is like the lowest automatic one but you can go in and be um find the custom amount and I think it accepts as low as 2 bucks a month. So you get that and then you also get if you're a subscriber at the new website you get uh Free downloads of eBooks, and so far we have tangentially reading as an eBook. We have uh, tangentially talking drugs and consciousness, and the sex eBook is uh, being uh, formatted even as we speak. So that should be up uh, within a week or so. All right, what else? Uh, Trump. I don't want to talk about Trump too much. I, I you know, I'm not a Trump fan. I have been a Trump non-fan since I worked in real estate in New York in the 80s and everyone knew who he was and that he was a con man and a bullshit artist and nobody nobody liked the dude. But um, I thought it would be interesting to talk about things uh, that I actually agree with Trump about uh, or at least things that I'm not criticizing him or his policies and uh, it occurred to me watching the um these impeachment hearings and and the news coverage around that something that uh you might be surprised to hear me say is that uh I'm not totally down with what's going on right now in the sense that um you know we're talking about how Trump uh, the impeachment hearings are all about how Trump used his office to pressure Ukraine to do this investigation of the Bidens, to reopen the investigation and make Biden look bad uh, because Biden is was at that point probably going to be his rival in the election. And uh, so, of course, it's all about the corruption of Trump and Giuliani trying to pressure the Ukrainians to do this. Now, I agree that's all wrong. I agree it's corrupt. I agree Trump should be impeached and removed from office, et cetera, et cetera. But I don't agree that Biden and his son are innocent in this. Biden's son took a job with this company, Burisma, this energy company in the Ukraine. They put him on the board of directors. They paid him $50,000 a month. $50,000 a month. That's hundred grand a year. When you're on the board of a company, you don't really have to do anything. You're just there as some sort of... A, like a wise elder to uh, make the right decisions on hiring the CEO or, you know, major strategic decisions, I guess I've never been on the board of a company, but I know that lots of uh, big shots are on various boards of various companies and they're just making tons of money because they have connections and they are, uh, you know, important people. They're VIPs, Henry Kissinger and, dick cheney and people like that are on all sorts of boards um and which is like sort of the upper echelon of of global corporate governmental corruption right you're you're the president of france and then next thing you know you're on the board of of you know, Total or, or some other French company, and then you're on the board of an American company. And then so everybody knows each other. Everybody has lunch together. Everybody goes to Jeffrey Epstein sex parties together. And so, you know, that's sort of the underlying reality of a lot of the global conspiracy theories which may or may not have a basis in in fact, but that's why people believe in, you know, the uh, trilateral commission and the Rothschild and all this kind of stuff, these secret cabals that are supposedly ruling the world. Well, there's some truth to that, which is that people in that realm do hang out together and they do shovel money into each other's accounts and you know there's a lot of back scratching that goes on and uh yeah there's something very deeply systemically corrupt about that and so is trump corrupt fuck yes he's corrupt he's corrupt on every level personally professionally governmentally no question about it but is biden just as corrupt i think so not maybe not personally maybe not you know with a direct line of uh to the kremlin telling him what to do but yeah you don't sit on the board of some ukrainian energy company making 600 grand a year if your daddy isn't vice president and very likely to possibly be the next president there's no he didn't know anything about energy he didn't know anything about drilling technology he didn't probably know anything about international trade what was he he was being paid to be connected and being paid to be connected is a form of corruption so why why did hillary clinton run for president hillary clinton ran because her husband had been president That was her qualification. Oh, okay. Well, she was Secretary of State. Why was she Secretary of State? She was Secretary of State because Bill had been president. This, you know, why did George Bush become president? Because his daddy was president. This is corruption. Right? Uh, You know, Kennedy's wife didn't run for president when he was shot. Johnson's brother didn't run for president after he left the office. This is... This family dynasty bullshit is an indication of a culture in decline. When we accept the premise that because someone is a Bush or a Clinton, they're qualified for office over 300 million other people who could potentially run for that office, that's nonsense. It's clearly nonsense. We see it's nonsense. And yet it becomes accepted as, as normal. We also see that when a, a politician's son is paid hundreds of thousands of dollars in exchange for nothing, essentially, that what is being exchanged is access. And what do we call that? We call it that's political corruption. Right. But, we, but it's normalized. American society has normalized, that you can buy political access. And if you can buy political access, whether it's through a lobbying firm or by hiring the son or brother or sister or daughter of a politician or wife, uh, then you have a non-representative political system or you have a political system that represents financial interests not the interests of voters. And that's where we are. So is Donald Trump a corrupt motherfucker? Yes, he is. Um, But is the problem, is, is part of the appeal of Donald Trump an awareness that the entire system is corrupt? I think so. And and in that sense, Biden is a part of the same problem. Biden and that sort of normalized corruption that is on display in this particular case, I think, is one of the fuels that, um, that propelled Trump into office. So there you have it. Something I kind of vaguely agree with him about. Uh, other news. I'm just about done with this rant it's 27 minutes but the other news i wanted to tell you about is that i painted Oliver and i painted Scarlett Johansson with this um truck bed liner stuff it's amazing it's if if you have a van and you think it needs a paint job you're having some rust issues whatever uh check it out it's pretty amazing stuff and man once it goes on it's like your vehicle is covered in this sort of I don't know. It's like um, if normal paint is like human skin, this stuff is like alligator skin. It's like it's rough and textured and kind of rubberized. And uh, man, I, I think it'll stand up to anything. It's pretty amazing stuff. So if you follow me on social media, you see some of those uh, photos of the van. I'm going to post a few more today scarlett Johansson. you can uh, follow me at that chris ryan on twitter and instagram i don't do facebook i hate facebook so don't look for me there i think there's a fan page or something but i don't go there uh thank you for listening to this i'm gonna shut the hell up now and uh we're gonna get into this conversation with my good buddy simon rex Simon, as you'll hear, has his own podcast, uh, which I've been on twice now. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Twice uh, called uh, Nervous Rex. There's a, he um, films it as well. A really nice studio down in Hollywood. So if you're into watching your podcast, you can uh, find it on YouTube and um, you can also download it through iTunes and all the other podcast apps nervous Rex he's had some amazing guests on there uh, too short Charlie Sheen uh, Theo Vaughn um, he just had uh, uh, what's his name this uh, singer songwriter uh, I forget his name he just just last episode was really good um, anyway point is uh, Simon's great he's getting He's, he's, he's Simon is really cool because Simon really pays attention to things. He held off on doing the podcast for a long time. You know, we talked about it. He, he recorded a couple of, um, sort of test episodes. Um, but he just wasn't feeling, just wasn't right. Wasn't clicking. And then it clicked and man, he's good at it. He gets great guests. He's doing a really good job. The audience is exploding. So, um, if you have room for another podcast in your feed, check out Nervous Rex. He's he's great. He's my man. Uh, okay, I'm going to play you out with a tune that I haven't heard. I hadn't heard for a long time, but it was a song that really spoke to me when it came out, probably in the 70s or 80s. It's a band called Super Tramp. Uh, if you're you know under 35, you probably never heard of them, but they were pretty big back in the day. And this song is called The Logical Song, and it's a song about uh, life and the decisions we make and the things that seem important, and uh, then we sort of grow older and we start to question some of those values that we were taught when we were young. It's, it's a pretty thoughtful, insightful song. So this is The Logical Song by Supertramp, and then you're going to hear uh, my conversation with the great unique simon rex thanks for listening y'all catch you soon
3: The red button has been pushed. We're doing your podcast at my house on my equipment. That's right. That's what's happening.
2: This is kind of incestuous.
3: Uh, Let me put my phone on. Do not
2: disturb. I'm here with uh, Mr. Simon Rex, a.k.a. Dirt Nasty. Sure. Uh, Do you have other noms? Um, Well, That's my French. That's it. That's all the French I got. Noms. Tweaker Well I have characters Oh Tweaker You have characters Tweaker, tweaker Rodrigo. Rodrigo
3: I had twin Steven Was a character Twin he had, Steven he was, was my gay. gay twin brother Right?
2: Did you ever get in trouble For that
3: You know I thought it, 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 I would if it was 2019 when I did it But it was about Five or six years ago Before everybody Got really politically correct So I thought It would get a lot worse But I had a lot of people In the gay community Come up and say How much they loved it Really and my mom would always Be really worried about Simon you gotta be careful And I said But I'm not <laughs> being mean I'm, I'm not Yeah I'm not insulting The gay community And I think I had one negative comment, and it was from a non gay person. So oh, I don't, don't think. Don't you I, love that? Yeah, that's like, always how it is, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's it's like the, the non Native American sticking up for Native American exactly. rights. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Twin Steven. Twin Steven. Who uh, what was Steven's. Brother's name, the the uh, the straight man, as was it me. were. That's just you, straight up. Yeah, Simon. Simon me, right. and okay. then my
3: identical twin gay brother, who was very obnoxious. And, and
2: did you actually have an identical twin gay brother who died young? No, I didn't. Not that I'm
3: aware of, unless he died when I was, you know, under three, because I don't remember before <laughs> three, I and mean, my parents didn't tell me. But I no, no. Have care. you ever heard
2: this theory that like everyone who's left-handed uh, had a twin in the womb who died? Never heard that. Uh, I think I might be talking out my ass, but I feel like that's something that I read somewhere. uh, That there's a theory that left-handedness is is the result. I I guess there are a lot of like uh, double zygotes. Is that the word? You know, when the the egg is first fertilized, um, that often it'll split into two, and if those two like last nine months, they become twins right um, but a lot of times one of them gets absorbed by the other or oh, you know, some weird womb behavior happens.
3: N- news to me, but I do know in the past the le- being left-handed was associated with being like the devil yeah, because yeah. you'd have to tie your hand down to learn to write with your yeah, right hand yeah. and all those things. So I don't know if it's back from those days and it was made up or if that's a scientific thing, if it's based in yeah. some new yeah, science. Strange. But, I think
2: there's like the same percentage of left-handedness in other primates. Really? I, yeah. What is it like, 9%? Yeah, something, something like that. Seven Single digits. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so you had... Uh, Gay Steven, right. Twinker Twink Rodrigo. Yeah. Twinker Rodrigo. Yeah, who else? Do you? Have?
3: Um, Dirt Nasty. Yeah, a few Personas. Um, that, those are probably the most well-known. Oh, yeah. And then I'm always experimenting with new random fun characters. And uh, But those are the ones that most people would probably... Uh, Twinker Rodrigo seems to be a hit. He's in my meth head character that right. I do. And you you said you once... You are like, face well, thing. Yeah. yeah, I just put a filter on my face yeah. and I run around and talk very fast. And you, I think you said... Um, well, you, yeah, you are Tweaker Rodrigo already. Like <laughs> well, you think
2: that's where I was going. Like, if, yeah. if any of these are expressions of some sort of inner, you know, partial inner self of yours. I mean, obviously, you've got a, a strong gay uh, component to yeah, your personality. Yeah, well,
3: or I think I always said with dirt nasty, I'm 5% dirt nasty for me to say yeah. and write those horrible things that are really immature. <laughs> yeah, that's in be there. something you're channeling. Right. The gay yeah. thing was just a very over the top joke to me that was just. I. I didn't run away from being comfortable with my sexuality enough to do a gay joke, but I think in 2019 that character wouldn't fly. But what about like you? You often
2: say your jokes often end with you know I'll suck your dick. Yeah,
3: well, that everything ends with that. I don't know why that's my go-to. For some reason, it just sounds funny. It's just forever funny to me. Just like I think farts will ever be fu- uh, funny to yeah. me. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm 45 years old. If I'm still laughing, I probably always will. Yeah. I know it's immature and not funny, and that's what's funny about it. Right? It's right. that it's so stupid. Huh. It's not really like oh, he said dick. Or, you know, it's just so. Dumb and it seems to people There's a lot of people out there who agree I think it's very black and white Like It's pretty much right down the line Maybe 50% People out there think farts are funny and 50 don't I've learned that in the past with certain Girlfriends like you pass the fart barrier After a month of holding them in and you let One go
2: and that's the test to Mm, see if they You wait a month? uh,
3: Average sometimes more sometimes less Dude I wait
2: like 20 minutes Well you're a different breed Yeah, You're
3: a lot more of a free spirit um, I, yeah, I held no them way. in for a while, which isn't healthy. And then I remember a couple of times with girlfriends in the past. Finally, come to the point. You are like, "Look, I'm, I, I got to You look, it, it's going to happen eventually. I got to let one rip, and then you just let it happen. And then that establishes <laughs> that. And then once like, you do it for you the keep first opening time, the window. <laughs> and and why is it okay? Do you think it's okay for girls to fart in front of you, or would you rather they don't?
2: Uh, no, I'm I'm cool with it, but I find women don't generally, right? Um. Physically
3: I, or don't They hold I, I, them
2: in more Because of society? Well rules? you know I thought they were Holding it in But when I've talked To women about it They're like Nah I just don't fart That much I mean And Wonderful. who knows Maybe But do you know Why farts stink So deaf people Can enjoy them too uh, yeah, yeah, I forgot that Yeah There you go yeah. That's from like Third or grade Or hate them too yeah yeah. Uh, yeah I think uh, I think fart Farting is funny In fact there There was a line I think it made it Into the final It did Did it In yeah. Civilized That farts are funny Yeah Yeah like I think that's, that's like one of those Things that goes back I think even monkeys probably think farts are funny. Right. I think it goes back to our pre human past. Is it because I have a friend who's a
3: comedian who says, you know why farts are funny? Because even the person doing it doesn't know what it's going to sound like when it comes out <laughs> of them. So yeah, it's, it's the surprising. random factor.
2: It's like the dog that like farts and goes, whoa, well, what the hell was that? Right, you know, right. like something just jumped out right, of my butt. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> It's just a funny it's thing It's just a uh, And also you're never sure. You might be shitting yourself You might be Yeah I'm, Yeah There's somebody said I remember hearing this line somewhere like Over 50 never trust a fart Oh like it's gonna be shit it in could, your pants It could You could just I'm getting close lying.
3: I got five more years Yeah five more years of trusted farts Is that And you're post 50 Is that true or false?
2: Uh, I'm still I'm still holding on Okay Yeah Yeah But oh, maybe yeah. 60 I, You know I'm a little slow okay. I, I'm a slow learner yeah. slow, right. Late bloomer Right <laughs> right. uh, so, yeah. okay, so you've been on this podcast I don't even know how many times You're a this returning five, champion This might be five or six it including could be a record with Kyle Man, that's like that's more than one or one percent of all my podcasts. I've got yeah. almost four hundred episodes. Oh, wow, yeah. Or this so will be when when I post this, it'll be past four hundred. This is In a fact. Maybe alone. I'll make this number four hundred. Well, Why go. don't we do that, brother? There You go. Let's do yeah, it. Let's do it. All right. Episode wow. four hundred. Here we are. So wow, four hundred. How many yeah. years
3: you've been doing this? Three, four?
2: Oh no, like six. six? I think six or seven. Wow. Yeah. I met you three years ago, so you're already well into it. So it, it only mattered for the right. last. There you years. go. Yeah. Yeah Um, But yeah I've been doing it a long time
3: It's crazy It started just like this In my other apartment A couple miles away in Venice You came over with your equipment And here we are full 360 later
2: Sitting right here Yeah yeah, we've been uh we haven't really been around the world together, but we've been in Bali together. That's
3: that's well that's around we the world. Yeah. yeah. We well, haven't been all over the world, yeah. but we actually technically we're pretty around I mean yeah. as far as you could go. Yeah. And we've been to a couple R V little mini ones. We went up to Montecito in the R V. For people listening, I copied Chris and went and got a not a sprinter van, but something very similar. I got the same size. What are you calling it now? Uh, Well now it's um, Bernie I call her Bernie Bernie Vanders (laughs) Bernie Vanders Double <laughs> but, meaning. But it's a she. Well, I'm not a Bur- yeah, Bernie. It's a girl. Bernie, Bernie sounds like a girl with a big butt because it has a wide. Th- yeah. And, and Bernie Sanders, but I'm not necessarily like a pro Bernie Sanders guy. I don't care about politics or I'm not educated on them. But I thought it was also like Burning Man, Burning Van. Uh, There's so many weird. It just Bernie's felt like, hey, let's get, jump in Bernie and go for right. a ride. It just now, Bernie right, sounds but- friendly. Yeah, Bernie's a cool person. Like
2: nobody named Bernie has ever been a douche.
3: Right. I- yeah, that's true. You don't know. You don't meet too many Bernies
2: anymore. No. And they're mostly Jewish, I would yeah. guess. It's a, Bernie's sort of a Jewish name, isn't it? There's a joke there it, that I'm going to leave alone. You can leave it alone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Although you're half Jewish, I'm so half you're Jewish, probably so allowed could, to do that kind of thing, I am allowed right? to do it. Yeah.
3: yeah, there's the weird thing with the Jewish thing. You know, I, I am treated in this world as like a white man with white privilege and a white, you know, you know right. looking Aryan guy but the truth is is that I'm Jewish so I'm actually the opposite of sort of the Aryan but I'm treated white but really my history is you know, my family was in you know concentration camps, and it was like like really? you said, downloaded in the DNA from three generations. Right. I feel this sort of downloaded angst and neuroses that I can only attribute to my past family like mm-hmm. line of running from you, you know out of your in an, uh,
2: more than three generations, right? Yeah. I mean, it goes way back. Right, to, you know, right. Well, I guess Jews it would be
3: it would be two to World War Two right. generation. But right? I'm saying
2: as, as Jews, you know, have been oppressed, and right. chased Oh yeah, and, for, you know, forever. stolen from and you know just totally screwed for centuries
3: the older i get the more i want to learn about it because i feel like a bad jew and that i was never raised with i was raised in a secular home my parents were hippies i was never raised with like you know go to you got to learn to you know have a bar mitzvah and go to you know a He's temple yeah was that as a of Jewish a, as thing of a or week? just ago? an American thing? As of two weeks. Uh, no. Swiss
2: Army knife? Yeah, no.
3: Yeah. yeah, I was circumcised, but I don't know if that was Jewish or just a... I don't know. It wasn't Jewish-based, I don't believe. My right. mom didn't so want to raise me it with It wasn't,
2: uh, what's it called, the, the ritualistic Jewish... I forget I don't, what it's called, the ritual circumcision uh, right. that they do with the rabbi and all that.
3: I don't know, actually. That's a good question. I should... Ask if that if it was a ritual, if it was just done. Uh, Is it a bris? I think it's called Yeah, that's it.
2: Uh and Did I tell you about the urologist I met who gave himself uh Yes. Uh not a circumcision, but uh he does circumcision. Yes. But he gave himself uh um What's it called? Where you, you cut the sperm uh, duct? Hysterect- uh, a vasectomy. A vasectomy. vasectomy. Yeah. And you could reverse a vasectomy. Mm,
3: you know? some, sometimes. My stepdad I, did. I remember.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's it's not guaranteed. Mm. It's it can. I think there's like a sixty percent chance oh, okay. success okay. rate that you can reverse it. Got it. Yeah.
3: Yeah. He, it was, what about getting a circumcision? What about getting circumcised as an adult? I'd imagine
2: that would be pretty intense. Yeah. Pretty I don't painful. remember it. Obviously, it's, I'd rather get it over with when you're a baby. I guess, but who knows? I mean, they, they used to think babies didn't feel pain. Right. And now that's <laughs> it's been... Really, yeah. I mean, so the shit that they believe, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. the babies don't feel pain, even though the baby fucking screams the minute you you know, right. do anything to annoy it. Or they also, there's for centuries they thought animals couldn't feel pain. Right. Cause they don't have consciousness. Like, oh, come on, have you mean, spent any time? Have yeah, you looked animal? at the
3: emotion of, of a dog's have. face? Yeah. Should I close the windows? Is it too loud? Or is it part of the ambiance?
2: I like it. It's fine. it's fine. It's fine. And I, and we don't have headphones, so we won't know right. until it's posted. Right. Um, uh, that's the sounds of Venice, California ladies That's it Or San, technically Santa Monica
3: now Oh, just, we're um, still just Santa like, Monica. Yeah, now we are Yeah, there was a thing I don't know if we talked about this But there was a guilt factor in If you're running over an animal driving If you run over, say, something like a reptile Like a lizard or an iguana Compared to a raccoon Compared to a deer Like the guilt goes up Based on the emotion shown On the face of the mm. animal you hit right. So you wouldn't Like a fish You don't feel bad fishing When you kill it Because it just looks the same dead as alive It's just always mm. in that same kind Of arrested state of just uh, looking the same, you know. Whereas if you hunt an animal that shows pain, you'd feel more guilty about killing that animal. We went hunting. Right, I felt I was conflicted when we were doing those. Shoot anything? I did. I got it on my first shot, but I separated from you guys because I used the gun. You guys used the. Oh, that's right. You had the rifle. I got one on my first shot. Felt like I was cheating. I felt horrible when I shot this, you know, pig that ran off and I'm following the bloodline through the bushes and there's intestines spilled out and we get there and he's dying in the corner Uh. and the guy, the the guide who took me there, you know, uh, he was dying, squealing and I just, I felt bad, but then
2: I I ate bacon this
3: morning. So
2: yeah, Yeah. it's weird. Yeah. That thing about fish is interesting because, uh. You know i went to alaska you've heard that story a million times but i was in alaska and um you know i you know gutted salmon all summer long uh but they were already dead when they came to me right i never actually i did go fishing with this dude once and and he like gave me the salmon to kill and like just hit it in the head with a rock and it was hard. It was flopping around and like hitting it with a rock, and yeah. it didn't kill it the first time. And the, there was some weirdness there. But I'll tell you, I, one of the most um, moving things I've ever seen, I was uh, in the Sea of Cortez with this friend of mine who has a yacht, and we were going to, uh, traveling around in the Sea of Cortez, and they'd thrown a, a line off the back of the, of the boat, and they pulled up, um, I think it was called a Dorado, you ever seen them?
3: I don't think it, it's so. It's a
2: pretty big fish. It's maybe you know two and a half feet long. I've seen an Eldorado, but that's a yeah, it's a different. It's a big car. Yeah, um, but anyway, this this fish. I'm not sure it was called Dorado. It might have been something else. But anyway, they they pulled it up, and this fish was like flashing all these colors like opalescent colors like blues and greens it was actually changing colors. yeah it was flashing like a cuttlefish or an octopus or something no it was, that no, can, it was but a, f- no but like, like a, they do they can well, change colors. sort of but yeah. brighter but wow. not not like something that you'd have to like like blend into the background right. the way octopus right. do. but um out of the water yes yeah, out of the water and it was just like Flashing, Be- one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen, wow. just flashing all these colors. And they had this little wooden, like fat baseball bat. And they <laughs> hit it in the head, bam. And you saw all those colors just go, zhup, gone. Wow. And now it's just a silver fish whoa, hanging what the there. fuck. It was as if you could see the life yeah. just go out of this thing. It was, whoa. It was. Bizarre, tragic, bizarre. Yeah, it reminded me of those things people say, like when you're sitting next to someone who dies, you can feel their spirit leave the yeah. room. Yeah, I've never experienced. You saw that. it almost. Yeah, but that was, what with that trick. fish, it was like, wow, that all that light and color right. just gone. What a. Trick. It was really intense. Yeah. Imagine seeing that on acid. Yeah. Yeah seeing things seeing something killed on acid would be really difficult i think
3: yeah there was a group of guys i saw recently who were looking for the ultimate experience to witness on mushrooms or lsd or or something one of the some psychedelic and they paid a woman's hospital bills to watch her give birth to her child so they could see uh, on acids a baby be born <laughs> And that was what they chose to do with their money. So they uh-huh. paid for her whole doctor bills, and she let them, and they're all just frying on acid watching a baby come out of the womb. These like are they friends want of yours? No, I just read about oh, it. Oh, right. So that's, yeah, that's that's looking for the ultimate experience. I'm, well, I went out, when I went hunting with you guys, I took mushrooms one day. I don't know if you remember this. I brought liquid psilocybin that I had mm. that I brought with me. And i didn't want to hunt with the gun anymore because i'm not a gun guy and i felt like it was too easy so i said you know what today i'm just going to follow you guys around with your bow and arrows because i remember I don't have you one.
2: walking around unarmed yeah yeah
3: well armed with a brain full of psilocybin wow. uh and i took some i thought i told you so i took some psilocybin and i followed kyle around and kyle tierman our friend we went on the trip with and uh right when the mushrooms set in the sun was setting and I felt this incredible primal feeling of we're Mm. we're hunting and on the Island and the ocean in the background. And, and there's the, and then, you know, there's the the boar coming out and Kyle stands up and, you know, I'm on lookout with the binoculars and it felt so at one with nature on the psilocybin, like not, I mean, what more natural could you want? Like mushrooms hunting Hawaii ocean. It was just so intense. And then when he, Got him, clean shot, bow and arrow, got two of them. And we ran up and you know, we put our hands on the dying boar and the life came out of it and the blood and it was like, and we're shrooming. Mm-hmm. And that was my the Dude. best experience that I had more so than getting my own kill right. with a gun the right. day before. So I really connected with the thing, You know, that was one of the most intense things I've ever felt. I can't even describe it. It was so, it almost felt like maybe what, I don't know if they ever used psilocybin in the past for hunting, but you really get tuned in if you do the right amount. I wasn't really? tripping balls, but I was definitely like, whoa, I feel something. Yeah, like doing yeah. hope or something. Yeah,
2: right. To increase your your attunement. It was yeah. fucking intense. And you'd done that before. You'd you'd hunted with like a, the dogs and the spear before yeah. like in Hawaii? That was really gnarly. I went to Hawaii years before,
3: probably ten years before in Kauai with some crazy local hunter friends of mine that took me out and we go boar hunting with the dogs and the dogs have the gps collar and the dogs find the boar wrangle it down they hold each limb of a 130 pound sow a female boar down and you follow the gps into the bushes and i'm armed with a knife my friend has a gun and this huge pig you know with the tusks is just squealing and and they taught me how to stab it through the back through the ribs you have to get it between the ribs to the heart is the most humane way to kill it mm. right into the heart and the first stab i hit bone and it right. just squealed ah. second one went right in so easy and went right to the heart and i just felt hot air fold out right on my face Ooh. the air just folded out and it just let out this kind of
2: so went final squeal too. Yeah. And it
3: was the most intense thing. And and, and and then I gutted it, took out 30 pounds of guts and intestines and threw it over my shoulder, hot blood dripping down my whole body. Dra- carried it out. It was heavy. I had to hike out with this now 100-pound dead animal on my shoulders and the adrenaline and you're carrying it out. And I fed the whole neighborhood in Hawaii, in Kauai. I fed mm. all these kids were running over and eating. And mm. it was one of the best feelings I ever had was that Egalitarian hunter, get your whole deal. That's exactly it. It felt so pure and simple. And I'm like, why? I've never felt this before. And I don't think I ever have since. Did you have sex that night? No, but I had a coffee enema the next day. Yeah, and I remember thinking Yeah My friend's mom gave me half and or No it was just Some some local coffee And my friend's mom yeah. I don't remember Why I said yes But I went from Like the most primal Man hunting thing To getting folded up Like a baby And putting a tube Up my ass With local organic coffee And put up oh, yeah. my ass To stimulate and, nice. and it was just so funny Because I'm sitting there Folded up in this little Bathroom in Hawaii Like a It's very embarrassing A position And vulnerable Ooh. position To be in with this little Tube up your butt I'm like I was just killing a pig like 12 hours ago yeah. do you know who this was I the, am it's the yin yang I was just getting bolt
2: experiences within 24 have you 24 done that minutes. colonic irrigation thing
3: I've done a colonic here in LA a few times where they massage your stomach and put the tube in and, and flush it out water. and you wash
2: you, watch, you watch it, it. Yeah. yeah that's the thing like the, the watching it
3: you, there could be a triple homicide going on in the corner you're not gonna watch it you're gonna see the shit coming out of you it's like what the
2: hey my keys I found my yeah, keys yeah it, it's a trip and yeah. did that a few times yeah uh, So what do you think about hunting? Is that something you'll continue doing, or is it you're kind of done with that?
3: If I was going to go again with a group like you guys, uh, that was the fun part. It's just like, you know, like anything else, even, well, snowboarding itself is really fun, but when you go snowboarding with your boys, most of the fun is the ride up, Mm. hanging in the cabin, cooking dinner with the boys, looking, you know, all those little things that go around it are a lot of fun, just like in life, you know, the ride to the party is often more fun than the party. Right. I would do it again, depending on where it was and who I was with. And I probably do what we did. We just, I think you killed one or two and you're like, you know mm-hmm. what? I'm good. Yeah. You're like, I'm good. I, I, I'm, I don't need to be killing a bunch of animals. I chipped yeah. in. So I, I think just, I would do it again. I just yeah. am not like, can't wait to go kill some more animals.
2: Right. You know? I just sold my bow yesterday. Oh, did you? Why? Yeah, oh, yeah, so I'm out. Um, I, I just, I, I feel like that particular experience, uh, you know, I wanted to have the experience, so that's why I bought the bow and practiced and all that. And you know, we had this great hookup with Kyle, who was you know arranged everything and knows everybody, and it was fantastic. Um, but uh, you know, I felt like the experience itself was um, my feeling of of bow hunting was that it would be more sporting, like you were saying earlier. It was too easy with the gun mm-hmm. and so on and so forth, and. But, you know, let's be honest. We saw some pigs run away with arrows stuck in their ass or a grazed shot where that pig's going to go and, you know, die from infection. And, like, it's easy to miss with bows. It's easy to not get that clean kill Mm -hmm. um, because because it is more sporting, Right, right? Right. And so if you miss entirely, great, no problem. But if you get a glancing shot or, you know, you sort of... So I felt, I felt like okay. I if I'm gonna kill something, I want to fucking kill it. I want to. I want it to be as humane right. and um, brief as possible mm-hmm. for the animal. So it, if I'm gonna do this again, I want to do it with a high-powered rifle with a scope.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And I'm gonna fucking be there. I'm gonna. And also, I, I the other thing I thought about it was, you know, the pig I killed was. A little one it was you know maybe a year or two old right and i felt like that's that's such a small quantity of meat it and it. that thing right. died right like i'd rather kill something big it's yeah. one life why right. not kill something big right why not kill an elk for example and have meat for a year for you and your friends that makes and you sense. kill a little pig you have you know what a couple of sausages right. and like so Anyway, those those two factors have led me to decide I might hunt again. Like if if I get hooked up in Colorado, someone right. wants to take me elk hunting. Right. If Rogan says, let's go hunt elk. Sure. Yeah. Go. Like I would go do that. Um. But I would want to do it. Like for me, the number one consideration is minimize the pain for the animal. Right. Uh, so that leads me to a big gun with a scope.
3: Yeah, two things you said that were interesting. I said to you when we were hunting. One of the things you said was uh, sometimes in order to find out who you are, you'll find out you'll find out who, who you're not, not. and yeah. that was sort of what happened on that trip. I'm not yeah. really a killer guy. I did that same thing with jujitsu. Yeah, and uh, oh, the other thing you said was. Uh, uh, oh you, I said yeah it's interesting to connect with the process of getting my meat but you said actually are we because 99% of the meat that we're eating is from mass produced slaughterhouse farms where right. they ate. so let's go look at that where
2: that, right. that, if that we're slaughterhouse, really gonna face slaughterhouse and then let's see what it. you're eating yeah, yeah. cuz
3: uh, yeah, that that's the connection to the process. Yeah, I tricked myself thinking, oh, I'm connecting with, but it's not. Most of the, uh, the meat I'm eating isn't from a guy hunting in
2: Hawaii yeah, organically. Exactly. But yeah. then there's
3: also the argument that the island's overrun with boar, and the all. You know, I don't know if you remember how nice when they saw us in our hunting gear, even the locals in Hawaii who usually aren't the most welcoming to like you know howlies like us coming. But they're like they were happy that we we're out there helping because they tear up. They're overpopulated, so yeah. you're also doing a little damage control and you're for the locals. Money. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, yeah. it's it's an interesting thing. But it was fun. Yeah. That was a great few days. I had a blast.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I would. And it's like you said, I would definitely go just to hang out, I, you know, with the dudes. and um, But I think both of us sort of like the first day we were out there. And then after that, both of us were sort of like, yeah, I'll just. I separated from the group, too. I just liked walking around by myself. Yeah. And feeling yeah like. Also feeling that that sense of uh, tuning into the natural environment which you can really do when you're on your own and it's quiet, and I found myself sort of moving like a cow right you know at the speed of a cow and with that so, because there were cattle on in those fields, yeah and uh, I didn't do it consciously, but later I realized I was moving at that because the group was moving fast, like, okay mm. let's get over to that hillside and we're going to do this and I was like I was always lagging behind right. and um it's like, no, I want to move slowly, right. quietly. I did have a weird moment. I, I don't know if we talked about it, but there was this moment. I decided after that first kill that I wasn't going to kill another pig unless it was a big one. Yeah, I remember. Because of that meat right. thing, you know, I was talking about. Um, and there was one day I was off by myself. I think it might have been the day you were with Kyle, actually. And there were these, um, there were these like, Culverts or gullies in that field Mm -hmm. and I was standing at the edge of one of them they were maybe 10 feet deep or something and I heard pigs coming up Mm -hmm. the gully and right across from me there was this path going up the opposite bank so I uh, knocked an arrow and pulled it back and I was just standing there maybe 10, 15 feet away from that path and just as I expected the pigs came right up that path had no idea I was there I had this thing, I was like it was a perfect ambush situation, you know? And um there were little ones, four little ones, one after another, just do 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 and I'm thinking, okay, here comes mama or daddy or whomever, like the big one, and that I'll I'll nail it. There wasn't one. There was no big one. There was just the four little ones. Right. And so it but it was weird to stand there and with a tiny flick of my finger I could have killed any one of them and they had no idea I was there right and it made me think like what's it like in war like what what's it like when you you know you've got someone in your sights with a sniper rifle and then you decide nah it's probably not I shouldn't, yeah, it's not the person I thought it was, or maybe not today, or you're just not feeling like I can't, I just can't kill another person. Like mm. that feeling of holding someone's life
3: at yeah. your fingertip yeah. is just a weird feeling. It is. It's playing God. It's a weird. Yeah. And like you said, I uh, forget. I heard you talk about this before, where a lot of soldiers would just shoot over the head. of yeah. My friend's dad, who I want to have on the podcast, who has a crazy story about smuggling hash out of Asia and Vietnam, and he was a hippie, and he went, and he just kept missing shots, and they kicked him out of there because he didn't want to be there. And uh, that's. I feel like I would be that guy too. I don't yeah. know if I, especially just for some bullshit, you know. Government American thing To go killing strangers I don't know if I could do it I don't think I could Yeah I'm so lucky I was born in an area A window of time Where there was no draft Yeah Cause I would have uh, I'll be honest I would have been like Fuck
2: that yeah, you would have been a weird ass soldier, man.
3: I would have just been I would have yeah, I don't think I I think I would have just gotten high. I would have been like one of those dudes getting high out in the bush, you like, you know, I would have been all fucked up and like seen been traumatized by what I saw and not wanting to kill people and getting loaded and trying to find a way out, like shoot myself in the leg or some shit, <laughs> yeah. like just being real, yeah. like I don't want to yeah, die for any country. Yeah, no, I
2: agree. And yeah. and I think I mean Vietnam as bad as it was and and it was horrible, but in, in some ways, it's better than the shit that's going on now, like Afghanistan, right. Iraq. In mean, Vietnam, at least you had, like, I don't know, like, you could party, you know? Like, you right, could go on right. R&R and, and have a wild time. Yeah,
3: what are they doing over there? <sighs> Nothing. And Vietnamese no. food's better than Afghan. Way well, actually, I had Afghani- I've had some... Uh, my friend's an Afghan refugee. My friend Tarek, who I've had on the podcast, and
2: his mom made home-cooked meal. I've never had Afghan food in my It was amazing. Good, yeah. Fucking amazing. And you know, Afghanistan, back in the day, before sh- the shit went crazy with the Russian invasion and the 80s and all that, Afghanistan was famous on the hippie trail as being the best country. Like, you know, the hippie trail that ran from Europe through... Oh, I didn't know about the hippie trail. Yeah, it uh, it ran through, like, Iran and and Afghanistan, down through Pakistan into India. So that was, like, the route that a lot of hippies took when they... Took buses or hitchhiked or, you know, would drive to, to India. That's the hippie trail. Oh,
3: I see. Okay, to get to India. To get th- to God.
2: India, and, yeah. And, like, Goa is part of the hippie trail. I always wanted to Goa there. Yeah, To Goa?
3: Yeah, that was a bad joke. I want to yeah, oh, go
2: there. there. I um, get
3: it. You, you went to Goa.
2: I've been to you spent time there. That's yeah, where you spent t- like
3: three months there. Yeah, I want to. I got to do India. That's that. India and Israel are on my must-do list in this mm. lifetime. I'm going back to Southeast Asia. You and I had the best time in Bali. Uh, I I thought we had an amazing time. You tell me, was it amazing? Well, you had an amazing time. I was, <laughs> yeah, you did. Well, you, I why was, didn't you have an amazing time? <laughs> I had a good time. Okay, I'm okay. kidding. I'm kidding. Um, it no, was it was awesome. great.
2: That was awesome. I, yeah. I I, was, I mean, honestly, when we went to Bali, I was sort of expecting, like, yeah, Bali, it's going to be like Miami Beach, you know, touristed. And oh. it was great. It would, oh, especially. I really enjoyed. Um, yeah
3: there's, what's the author's name of Sapiens? Yo
2: yo Harari?
3: Yeah, he has a quote I liked. It's, uh, happiness is life minus expectations. And you know Uh, how anytime you expect, like you hear about a movie too much, you go see it, like "Eh." Or if you just walk into a movie without hearing anything, it's always better. Hmm. Same with Bali. You've heard so much shit over the years about Bali. It's like, how's it gonna live up to the what you've heard, but then it exceeds Paradise. Yeah. But there's just a vibe there that's hard to explain, but anyone listening, don't go. Don't go, Don't horrible. go. Because I feel like in 10 years, remember the cab driver said, he said, you know, in 10 years, you won't see any of these rice fields anymore, yeah. those taro fields right. uh, that are in a bood That yeah. was so cool, and we we're just lost up in those, you know, little towns. Yeah, yeah. I
2: liked it. I think this winter, uh, I'm going to go to Thailand, yep. uh, and uh, I think I'll go back to Laos. Oh, yeah, I've never been I to really Laos. I'm like going there. Laos. I'm going, so I'm doing... Oh, you're doing that? I'm going oh, to do...
3: When is this one coming out in in 400th episode podcast
2: in a week or two? Okay,
3: I'll probably be on my way there. I'm going to Bali for 10 days and then I have a one-way ticket out of Bangkok 30 days later. So what I'm doing is this is how I like to travel fly one way into Bali one way out of Bangkok 30 days later and figure it out So I'm gonna fly into Thailand go through Laos, Cambodia Chiang Mai cuz I've never done Chiang Mai I've oh, never, never. never go to Luang yeah. Prabang man. I'll get some fantastic. I got to find out some things from you and then fly out of do Bangkok for 2 days and then get the hell out of there so that's my little 10 days in Bali, 20 days in there, 20 days. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean and yeah, just you figure can go it out to
2: um, to uh, what's the uh, the the ruins, the beautiful ruins uh, in Cambodia. Angkor Wat? Angkor Wat, right, right. Yeah, Siem Reap. Yeah, is the town. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I wanted one of the reasons we want to do this podcast is I wanted to make sure that everybody in my little podcast world knows that you finally pulled the trigger on yours. It was was so glad you did, man. You and I talked about it for a long time. At least. And you just never, it just didn't feel right, didn't feel right, and then you pulled the trigger, and it's going really well. Yeah. It's great.
3: It's called Nervous Rex. It's just me with, there's no theme to the show. It's uh, really just, I've met so many incredibly interesting people, famous, not famous, over the last, you know, 30 years, uh, and I just figured, oh, I could get an hour from most of these people, you know, and... And now it's kind of gotten to a point where it's, you know, I went with, you know, I got Charlie Sheen and Theo Vaughn and all the big names and event you had you too on short. too short, my favorite rapper. <laughs> so everyone's so down to give me an hour at least to come talk ish. But now what's happening is that people are actually, it exists out there and people are starting to say, Hey man, love the podcast. Oh, you should get this person on and people That's are hitting me. That's great. When it's when it starting starts, to, it's, it's becoming so a, th- and yeah. yeah. And now yeah. I'm getting people hitting me up to do the podcast that I never even would yeah. think of to get that are interesting that are hitting me. Yep, so it's becoming like it's like you build it they will come it's right. starting to be yeah. a cool thing it's like eight months in and it's doing pretty well and it's uh, you know i'm it's not weekly right yeah it's every wednesday uh and i look everybody and their mom has a podcast but i really feel what i bring to it is the incredible people that i get to talk to are just so interesting and uh, like, you know, this is how we're sitting here. As I hit you on Twitter, like, exactly how we met. It I,
2: enriches your life, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, no and doubt.
3: I love the phone off for an hour talking. Right. Uh, it's therapeutic for me to just go in and, and, and yeah. talk and learn and listen. And I'm really learning a lot about myself. And you
2: don't edit it, it just goes up raw, more or less. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, there's I, a video component as right. well, right? Yeah, yeah
3: it's shot yeah. as well. And it's on YouTube and all that stuff in yeah. a nice studio at Cast Media. Uh, Who provides a great, like, platform for me to do it Uh, What's interesting is that I'm learning a lot about myself Because, you know, it's hard to I have to sometimes watch and listen to them To learn what I can do better Right And uh, I... I'm really learning a lot about myself in watching it. It's like a yeah. case study on yourself, which is yeah. hard to do. Because
2: you're not acting, right? You're just no. watching yourself as an observer of yourself being you. It's, yeah, it's weird. So, what have you learned about yourself?
3: Uh, that I need to not interrupt people as much. <laughs> <laughs> that I need to just slow it down yeah. and yeah. really listen. And yeah. and it's hard for me. Like if you're talking for five minutes and you say something that I want to respond to, I have to sit there and be like, Oh, remember that point, but right. then really keep listening. But how, right. so I'm figuring out, you know, do I write something down for, you know, I'm, I'm still just figuring yeah. it
2: out. I like to have a, a paper and a pen there yeah. for exactly that reason. Right. That I don't want to interrupt the person's flow, but they've said something that mm-hmm. I want to get back to. And, and you're right. There's a, there's a balance between holding focus on what they're saying in the moment and also holding something in your memory that you want to come back to later it's hard to do both uh and i for me the most important thing is that focus to be really present to really listen right really listen and and that's why i don't do mine remotely at all and i know you don't either it's in that studio in hollywood where I mean, I, I could have so many really interesting guests. It would be so easy to do it over Skype or Zoom or, right. you know, whatever. But I feel like being in the room with the person, you pick up on things. You oh, pick yeah. up like this subtle, like, oh, that's an area that they would actually like to talk about mm-hmm. more if I show some interest. Right. You know, but they're not going to lay it out if I don't ask them right. about it, you know. Or yeah. Or here's an area that hmm Okay, he mentions his mom, but he doesn't want to talk about his right. mother. Like that—that that would be uncomfortable right. for him. So I'm not going to follow up on that. I feel like with the remote thing, it, it's clumsy. Like, Have you done any remote ones? I, I haven't. I did uh the first couple of years. I did a few of them.
3: It sounds weird to the listener too. Which sometimes it's okay. I listen to Duncan Trussell do a couple with interesting guests, but there's that little delay and yeah. the stat. It just makes you it a s- bit you talk
2: l- over each other. Yeah. Like no, go ahead. No, and you go ahead. That, no, go ahead. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. ah, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I I sacrifice you know the the ease and convenience of it because I feel like that it's and it's not just for the listener it's for me you know right. like I want to know these people yep. you know.
3: Yeah, and you're meeting so many, I, you know, I follow your podcast for years now, and I love when you went on this five-month expedition in, in uh, Scarlet Joe and as you're going, you're meeting people and having them on, and it's like the listeners along for the ride as you're going along for the ride with no plan, which you and I have talked about. I, I call my RV, the other name is the no plan van. I don't like plans. Yeah. I don't even want to make plans two days ahead of time because yeah. I don't want to let anyone down if something amazing comes up, exactly. so I, which is yeah. maybe selfish, but it's just me being honest. Uh, it's a being open to spontaneity, right? Which yeah. Is, which is so enriching. Yeah, yeah. That's how I want to live my life. And yeah. So your podcast, it's so cool how you can just go and you're like, hey, I know this is this town and someone hits me up and says, the next thing you know, I'm talking to this guy who has a, who's a falconer and you're right. talking to some dude who flies off the cliffs and you're just like, what? Well, this guy's incredible. It's like, <laughs> yeah. no celebrity Jeff Shapiro is yeah. what you're
2: talking about. Yeah. No yeah. celebrity. Yeah. No, those
3: are the most interesting it's ones.
2: great. Yeah. And he was so cool, that guy. yeah. It was cool. Real, real chill dude, Jeff Shapiro. I don't remember what episode, but he was in he's in Missoula, Montana.
3: I mean, when, and you, you know, someone like that, that's, that's, that's what people I think, at least for myself, that's the stuff that I am more interested in listening to than someone talking about their new album or their movie. I feel like we've been listening to that
2: forever. And it's so canned and they've said it a million times. I mean, as someone who talks about his new book, A lot. I can tell you that you work out the talking points and you just like, okay, you know, push button, talking point number seven, You know, talking point number five, you know, you get the answers worked out, which is the way it should be, because you want to be as concise and and memorable as you can. But it's yeah, that guy. So Jeff Shapiro, like the story was uh, driving to Montana, I get a text from on Instagram from a DM from a guy, Ian, who listens to the podcast. And he's like, hey, man, I see you're in Montana. I grew up there. Uh, let me. I drop a pin at this place right near my house where I grew up. It's a great swimming hole, and there's a BLM campsite right there. It's fucking fantastic. You know, check it out if you're in that area. So I do. And it's fantastic. It's like the coolest camping spot, maybe, of the whole summer, you know? Mm-hmm. And then uh, this woman walks into the campground and it's Ian's mom. And I think she's coming to kick us out. And she's like, hey, just want to make sure you guys have what you need. I'm Ian's mom. I live down there. We end up becoming friends with Ian's mom and dad, or hang out with them for a while, do a podcast with her. And then she's like, oh, you're going to Missoula. You should talk to my friend Jeff. He's a falconer and he flies wingsuits, and da-da-da. I'll give you his email. Just one thing leads to another to another, which is the best thing about travel, right? So it's like what you said: like you fly into Bangkok, you know when you got to get back to catch your flight home. Although that can also be changed, as we did in Bali, like five times. Right, right. Uh, But other than that, you see what happens. That's the only way to go. People who travel, like, oh, I got a hotel booked here and there. Fuck, that's my phone.
3: You know what? It's a jazzy tune. That's that's my ringtone, ladies and
2: gentlemen. All right.
3: Um, Let's let it ride Do you know the song? Yeah of course Uh,
2: I'm trying to remember the first lyric Way back when In 67 Yeah Is it over? They're not calling back I hope they call back Yeah Yeah. It's a Hey 19, hey 19 by Steely 19, Dan it, yeah. which has, I
3: saw Steely Dan play recently And you laughed at me for, Was it you? I went to see Steely Dan Or someone was making fun of me Going I didn't picture you As a Steely Dan guy It was them And it was like me And my buddy Mark Ronson This big musician friend of mine Took me a great seat Steely Dan And it was uh, Who else?
2: It was some other old Like the Doobie Brothers uh, Or somebody? Uh, maybe it was the Doobie Brothers For the same era Yeah anyway Chicago. I got to see them play live Yeah, it was Well that, Steely Dan One of them's Dead now Steely dead uh, yeah, yeah Steely dead There's Brian Fagan Is still alive Walter Becker died okay. Like I don't know A year and a half ago Or something Yeah that, that 80s sound
3: Reminds me of my childhood So much That's the stuff My parents would listen to Is that in like Manhattan Transfer Was another mm-hmm. one Do you remember them And it was My mom Figgly. listened to A lot of Stevie Wonder But that brings me Right back to like The
2: 80s and Stevie the Stevie Wonder's of a- great Oh yeah Wouldn't it suck To be blind And be a really bad musician you t- I heard you talk about this Was that on <laughs> Rogan You were talking about no, I don't This I think
3: so I heard this somewhere from you. That I'm, I'm be, working on a stand-up. Yeah, up. yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, there's something it's, there. It's in my... Yeah, yeah there's, there's like, something there.
2: Yeah, like, yeah, to be blind and not be a great musician would really bite. Yeah. 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 Uh, You'd be
3: getting head from ugly groupies, but it wouldn't matter because you're blind. They might get dude, better I head. heard
2: that. I, I should, probably shouldn't say who it was, but I, I know a guy who's a, a studio musician mm-hmm. in, in L.A., mm-hmm. and he told me some things about the musicians that he worked mm-hmm. with. He told me for example that Rod Stewart always had a sharpie pen with him and drew penises on the wall everywhere he went. I like him more now. Yeah, so like if you like he my buddy would go to the men's room in the studio after Rod Stewart had been in for a few right. sessions and It'd there were penises all over the walls. <laughs> Some, Rod Stewart.
3: Yeah. Some dicks have all the luck. Lo- I still listen to Rod Stewart. Man, I got a great '80s playlist I've been accumulating over the last few years, and Rod Stewart's on there. He's man. And I, yeah, yeah. I've never been a Rod Stewart fan. I liked a couple of those songs and uh, "Hurts So Good" I don't "Understand." <laughs> Bless you. In fact, yeah, you really hate him. He's well, you're allergic. You're allergic to yeah, Rod I'm Stewart. I'm allergic Jesus. to Rod Stewart. Yeah.
2: Um, wait, wait, oh, yeah, '80s yeah. bands. Bob Seger. I like Bob, Bob, Se- Bob Seger. Seger. Yeah, and everybody uh, got dire changed. straits. Of dire course, dire straits. Of great. course, yeah. Talking Heads. Yeah, That's I
3: saw Talking stuff. Heads play live in Chicago a few years ago, and I was so bummed. They were so bad. No, it really? was the Cars.
2: It was the oh, Cars. The Cars. Yeah, Man, the
3: Cars are great too. And Rick I saw him play live.
2: He just he, died. Oh, did he? Yeah.
3: Uh, in a car accident, um, <laughs>
2: e- e- they were so bad. <laughs> like that joke, it was were... to be inside your head. Must just be like, <laughs> I can't oh, you don't want to know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, but wait, I want. Are you, are you in the middle of a thought? No, no. I was All just going right. to say they were was...
3: horrible, but I shouldn't talk negative about a dead musician. But well, no. it
2: was a whole band. Yeah, but they're still true. alive, so. Fuck they just up. looked like they
3: were rehearsing, and they didn't want to be there. And I was so pumped. Yeah, to see the cars just, just making. They're just over it. They're yeah, going through the motion.
2: Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, the one thing when we're talking about your podcast, right? Right. Nervous Rex, uh, maybe it's a result of what you're saying of how you're sort of observing and, and saying, okay, I should, uh, you know, stop interrupting as much, or I should let other people, whatever it is, but you seem, or maybe it's your personal life or I don't know, but you. Since I've known you, this is the least nervous I've seen you. That's funny that the show's called Nervous, Rags, right? And right. I don't know if it's
3: because it might be parallel. It might to just coincidence to maybe be. It, it, I don't know. I'm still feeling my mind. I'm neurotic and going 100 miles an hour, but right. uh, I think physically, I'm just kind of set. Like at 45, I'm just settling into right. being comfortable and. Relaxing and not being so wound up, but I think it comes and goes. It depends on how much coffee I had, mm, how right. much sleep I had, what's going on with work I, I you know uh how much I exercised, you know there's a lot of factors to how I can be relaxed right, but yeah the what's
2: that no go ahead oh I'm just gonna pause All I'll right. pause it, yeah,
3: yeah, um, yeah, I don't know i'm mean, it's I don't know. I think, yeah, like I said, it's it comes and goes definitely sometimes more than others. Are you better
2: in your life than you have in the past? Are, I, are you more content? Yeah, I feel like I don't care as much about,
3: I don't have as much anxiety about I got to make money. I got to work more because I feel I've had already enough Money and success to realize that that's not what makes me happy. Like, I live in a one bedroom apartment on the beach with my RV out front, and I'm in that I told you that Goldilocks zone, right? Where I'm in that sweet spot where I don't have too much, I don't have too little, I'm making just enough money to eat sushi and be healthy and have a lot of downtime. And, like, you always said, I have. How much is it worth for you to not set an alarm clock, wear a suit and tie, j- sit in traffic, have a boss yell at you uh, a yeah. hundred grand a year combined right. all those things or, so I've somehow managed to avoid all of that uh, this far thus far, and uh, I, so I have a pretty amazing life i don't have a lot of things but what's the famous quote like a man's wealth is measured by the things he can live without something like that like that's what i'm learning is that uh none of the things made me happy i got Mm. to somewhat close to the top and the view wasn't as good as i thought i see all these people around me with all the things and how miserable they are so i think it's just an accumulation of just like oh okay i'm starting to figure this out uh yeah. And everything just kind of comes The less you want it The more it comes to you All the cliche shit yeah. <laughs> Is so true It's crazy But it takes a it? while for you to experience it And let it apply to your life Right That I just, uh, you know, and I try all the things to be more relaxed, you know, like, uh, you know, I'll meditate, I'll go to yoga, but I don't even know if those things are really what it is. I think it's just like experience and getting older and, and wiser, and not chasing after it so much. You know, what's yeah. the Chinese proverb? Uh, he who chases three, two rabbits uh, catches, none. And he who chases, one, right. was something like something that. Like yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just spent so much time out there scrambling and running around and shit Yeah, that, it didn't make me happy. Yeah. And, uh, just being by the beach and the RV and not being too worried about shit is the way to go. So yeah, that's just where I'm at right now. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I did a, a podcast the other day with a guy who was in a big band, uh, who I'd never heard of but I'm told they're they're big it's a panic at the disco Oh yeah they're huge Yeah so he was in that band for It's a nervous name 3 years yeah, yeah. it is pretty nervous and he and he had the same experience it was like you know uh okay I'm at the top I'm playing stadiums 30,000 people my life sucks yeah. I'm not happy Every uh,
3: time uh, that's he, the fucking story
2: Yeah but and, and it's and we talked about this what a great luxury it is to actually have the experience right right? and especially in his case he was like 20 or something 21 um but but the thing is it's hard to believe if you don't have the experience right right? you'll never know you you can't believe that money isn't he's like oh yeah sure it's easy for you to say rich asshole you know right um so it it takes a lot of like thinking and reading to to arrive at that conclusion if you don't have the experience. Right. Um Yeah, but even if you do have the experience, I think it's still hard to wrap your head around it, you right. know? You blame it on other things. Well, I just don't have enough money. Right. My house isn't big enough. You keep believing that propaganda uh which essentially is designed to steal your life. Yeah. That's that's what I think is so important to understand. All this stuff just like you know, Twitter and Instagram and all these apps are designed, literally designed, to absorb your attention and hold it. They're they're sucking your attention, right? Uh, which you only have a limited amount of, right? You know, and I, I feel that myself. I feel my attention span has constricted oh, uh, a lot uh, in uh, the last are you ten kidding years. Me, yeah, a huge amount. Uh, and that's, I mean, think about it. What's more valuable than your attention? Not, or your, or yeah, your t- which is your time, which is your time right. and not your mental space, right. your, your mental energy, like y- fuck. And and these things are designed to steal that. They're like parasites that suck yeah. that right out of our fucking heads. Yeah. It's crazy.
3: Yeah. It's definitely, you know, not uh, so many people are just very unhappy I see around there's just a lot of uh, people. Obviously, like, comparison is the thief of, e- of happiness. What's the quote? Um, com- comparison is the thief of joy. Uh, you know so when you're on social media all day you're just looking at shit like oh look at that nice dinner look at that jet look at that fucking oh they're in Barbados you know so you're never going to be happy it's just a (laughs) simple like I mean everyone already knows that one and you know you even I even find myself getting caught up in this thing like oh I'm almost at 400,000 followers then what like then 500 like where does it end you're never going to be yeah then I'll be and uh, I'm lucky that I had I kind of had the American dream and realized it's the American nightmare because I had bought I, I bought the house in the hills had the two cars in the driveway you know famous be- girlfriend f- hot girls yeah you know car like all that shit and
2: it was uh, simon it, was with uh, princess diana for people who i was know, with princess diana you don't remember you were drunk I oh think. oh yeah was i was was i driving her that night princess Diana, oh, you mean, oh, that's bad you no know, and the
3: cars yeah, oh, yeah Jesus. uh no i i uh I, and I always say, like, I just had this cliche, uh, you know, life that I barely remember because I was so stoned through all of it that now I'm like not smoking weed and I'm just, you know, I'm kind of look, I've become the cliche That's like, you know, the actor L.A. guy who's getting it together. But I'd rather be that cliche than the other one who's like, you know, fucking fucked up in eight. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. exactly. You know what I mean? Uh, So I'm super cognizant of like how lucky I've been and how many amazing experiences I've had. I mean, I've gotten to you know do the whole modeling thing in europe when i was young and then i did the whole mtv thing and met everyone then i did the acting thing and then i've gotten into the music thing and toured with the chili peppers now i'm doing the podcast thing i don't know what i'm gonna do next it's just never like we're talking about like no plans people say what do you do i don't even know what i do i'm in entertainment industry i don't know i don't know i'm a jack off of all trades and (laughs) i I don't want to know what I'm going to do next. Yeah. I want to yeah.
2: just figure it out. What about that children's album? Yeah, I'm is done with... still happening? It's
3: still happening. I finished 20 song demo this company that my friend is the lead animated character voice on this cartoon called uh, Team Titans Go, this huge cartoon. He played my kid's album I made, which is Squeaky Clean, the opposite of Dirt Nasty, which is all very clean, really cute songs for kids. Like, you know, go to school, brush your teeth, like really silly. And they loved it and they bought 10 of the songs. So now we're meeting with animators and sitting down we're gonna like flesh out nice. the narrative to tie them together and create something and then so it's gonna
2: be like a movie
3: no it'll be it'll be like mini cartoon, like 10 3 minute cartoons is what they bought for each song uh-huh. so we'll animate it and the music might stop and it'll go into hey kids that, you know, who we don't even know where it's going yet right. but uh, and I don't want to jinx it By talking about it But either way This is um, There's always Every single year In this business I have a pilot That uh, is being made And then You know It may or may not Get picked up You're always just Creating, creating, creating Hoping something hits So this is just One of
2: those things Right Yeah and you're, Can you talk about This movie you're working on now?
3: Yeah Well I don't know much about it In that I just got This independent film Called My Dead Dad Which is a comedy or Indie kind of dark comedy About this kid From Reno Who inherits a his father passes away and he inherits a apartment building in L.A. So he moves down there so he never knew his dad. He inherits the building and meets all the tenants uh, and falls in love with a girl in the building. And I'm the current boyfriend of the girl. So there's a love triangle and the audience is rooting for her to leave her, her, me for right. him. Uh. And there's this sort of tension with us and it's just well. So written. Are you like
2: abusive or no, weird? no, I'm just
3: a douchebag, right?
2: that you the audience is rooting for me to lose her to him. So is it kind of like your character in uh totally, what was the, the simply, What's it was it? the, the, the uh, online show you did, Oh typical
3: uh, Rick Typical Rick Yeah I right, think that right. character Was more likable He was just not You know he was just Don't think he was a bad guy On uh, Typical Rick That was the Nick Swartzen Comedy Central show That I worked on That that guy was You rooted for him a little more He was clueless This guy's The character's a little bit more Of a douchebag. That you're like Fuck uh, this guy She needs uh, to leave him okay. So I get to play him A little more like right. eh, a little Smarmy more Yeah Right, right. Yeah
2: that's cool So
3: that's cool and I like
2: the typical Rick character Which is fantastic
3: Yeah I love that one I mean and my buddies We wrote it for me So it was pretty easy to do It's you know It wasn't a stretch It was right. just like We came up with it together And pitched it and sold it So there's always Something like that happening And then I had a pilot with TBS Last year with Todd Phillips Who just did the Joker Who's my friend And right. he's now the biggest thing In Hollywood And he was you know We had him attached To executive produce The show with me And I don't want to go into the details but some legal bullshit happened and the show got pulled because of something that I, I just can't talk about so that went away so this business is so crazy that's why you just can't get attached to too much stuff because you'll put your heart and soul into something for six months to a year and then one little thing happens and uh, on to the next and you're just yeah. like fuck I just worked on that for eight months This right. like I, I always tell people I, I wouldn't recommend coming to LA to make it to my worst enemy I just got lucky and ended up here I never wanted this it just right. fell in
2: my lap you know and people don't realize how much failure there is the uh, proportion of no's to yeses is so worst. high it's the worst. i mean modeling i saw that when i lived with those models like everybody thinks models have it so easy they're so beautiful man for every every job a model gets they're told no 20 times right. 30 50
3: based times. on your looks you
2: don't look good yeah, enough. what does exactly? that do to your psyche it's and and I've, I've been at um, castings right. and heard the bookers or whoever the producers talk about the person standing it's in front, front of, of them, them, them like they don't hear it's, like t- it, yeah I don't think you know her ass is too big you yeah. know do you think now her legs are too short you know like what yeah. she's standing right it's, there it's not, what's wrong not, with yeah, you it's fucked up I remember yeah. it would say in Paris when I would go to
3: the, the castings it would say mannequin this Way. You're just a mannequin. Yeah, that's all yeah, you are. You're not, exactly, and that's why, to me, the yeah. fashion world of all the scenes I've been in—from music industry to Hollywood to whatever fashion industry—was the most shallow and fucked
2: up yeah. and weird and kind of. Were like, you doing runway or? Yeah, or? I did
3: runway and I did print, and I was just—you know—I'm six-two right. and 175 pounds, so I just fit the clothes like a hanger. You're basically a coat hanger, yeah. you know. And yeah. you get gassed up and think it's about you, and you get an right. editorial in Womo Vogue, which is like men's Vogue, and you think you're something, and you ain't shit, you know. You're, especially <laughs> as a—it's interesting because as a male model. It's one of the only things that this is fucked up that the women make a lot more money than men is fashion or modeling rather. Yeah. So as a guy, you're getting paid a fifth of what a girl pays on a shoot with her. You know, I remember I did this L'Oreal campaign for like a hair thing with this Leticia Costa. She was the most beautiful girl you've ever seen. French model or Brazilian. I can't remember. I think she's French. And yeah, she, she would be making, you know, uh, five hundred thousand dollars for a two-day shoot hmm. and i was stoked because i made 50 right and i'm like what 50 grand for two days to yeah. stand there in a fucking room yeah. and that was like the one of the biggest yeah. ones i ever had yeah. and i was the prop to her she was the high, right. and i was just the guy yeah. and i was like i don't care i got no ego about it. this is great but it's yeah it's one of those weird businesses it's like
2: porn nobody's really looking at the dude nah you're just yeah exactly <laughs> maybe his dick but maybe. not the rest of them yeah it's yeah. a
3: trip and and uh Yeah So yeah I don't tell people like And I don't want to be like A dream crusher But so many people Always say like Hey You know I want to Come out and give it a try And you just Deep inside You're like Dude Mm. It's fucked It's It's like saying I'm going to go to Vegas And hit the lottery It's just It's a fucking lottery There's so many elements Of like It's just Who you know Is a big one I've learned It's a lot about Who you know You know Mm. I remember There's this place Called the Soho House Which is like The elite place In LA To get in To network And meet And no lie, I went to the Summit House, sorry, (laughs) Soho House Summit, something else like that that you've worked with, which is another elite group, people meeting and networking, but I was at Soho House, (laughs) and... I walk in and the elevator doors open And I took two steps out And Todd Phillips comes up to me And he's like Simon hey I follow your Instagram Big fan I love what you're doing Man Uh da 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 And I don't know who he is I don't place the face with who he was This is five years ago More And my buddy goes Dude that's Todd Phillips Hangover Old school He's huge He He gets my information Next thing you know He puts my song in the hangover He puts me in a movie called Project X He puts me He starts using me in a bunch of his stuff He produces my pilot So in two steps of walking out of the elevator at the Soho house, in two steps, I had more happen, powerful connection career than my agent could have done in 15 years. Like my agent yeah. couldn't even get him on the phone if they wanted sure. to. Yeah. That's like the guy, you know? So it was like, so the part of the game in LA also is who you know, and you got to go out and network. And that's why I always felt so cheesy, like going to these events and hey, how you do? Like, I felt like I was selling my soul every time, but you got to do that
2: shit. I've been to Soho house with you several times. We went. I've been to the one oh, in, in Malibu. But you and I have been yeah, to the one in Malibu right. a lot. right. That one.
3: That one isn't as Hollywood. That one's more like rich L.A. bougie. That one's a trip. Yeah, the Hollywood both, one is where the connections. But I happen.
2: remember the one I went to. You. You were your girlfriend at the time was like the supermodel. Yeah, and and you just walking around, everybody knew you yeah. and they were like, Oh no, Simon foods on the house, the drinks on the house. And you're trying to hook us up. Yeah. Your friends are with you. I think it was like a 4th of July party yeah, it or something. That's it. That's right. And, uh, it was amazing. I, I think I told you at the time I felt like I was like at the prom with the captain of the football yeah. team and right. the head cheerleader. And like, I was because I was never in that crowd right. When I was in high school Right Right. And to But just like It felt like high school It was all so like Who who were you And very who's, seeny, who's pretty yeah, very And shallow, who's yeah. And, and uh, Yeah and I remember Your girlfriend like Spent half the night Sitting on my lap Right And she was like, You're welcome <laughs>
3: And you had a flower shirt on And everyone kept going up going cool shirt And you didn't know if they were fucking with you or not You're like are they fucking with me or is this a cool shirt Because they probably thought you were doing some ironic These are
2: not the kind of people who would ever tell me I look good You know Uh, But yeah no that was really sweet And then uh, that night ended I don't know if I ever told you this because She sucked your dick uh, up I wish Uh, No she um, She insisted on walking me out Like I I was just like okay this isn't my scene I'm going home and she's like let me walk you out. I'm like you don't have to walk me out. what do, you, what do you, no hang out you know. And and she's like no I want to walk you out. It's it's you know you you're my friend. Right. She's so sweet. Yeah. Um anyway, we walk out into the parking lot and all these uh flashes all these lights flash and i think like oh the fucking street lights are messed up or something right (laughs) and i don't even think about it and then because i don't even valet that's how cheap i am right Right. i'm parked out on the pch so then she you know gives me a kiss and she goes back in to hang out with you guys and i start walking toward my car and i realize there's this gaggle of photographers standing there in the parking lot and as soon as she walked out they were all taking pictures like who's this guy she's with who you know right. they're all—it's like paparazzi. Yeah. It's fucking
3: crazy. Yeah, they're there a lot at no because it's next to Nobu and right, right. there. And my, our friend Icy Mike, you know my friend Mike the mogul from Miami, Who he has the call. house that looks right down above it in right. Malibu. We always look down and check out the scene, and it's just so—it's so exhausting the LA fucking scene. But yeah. yeah, me living out here in Santa Monica has made—it's uh, a big sacrifice for not being available to go to those types of things to schmooze because you have to. In order to get more work, and it's just like a necessary thing, I'm just at this point where I just don't care anymore. I'm just like, whatever, dude. I'll just like, I, you know,
2: I don't want to play the game as much as I used to. Well, and also, I mean, I don't know to what extent this is true for you, but it seems like the podcast fulfills some of that kind of networking uh, function. You know, like you're, especially if you get someone to come in and sit down and spend an hour with you. Uh, it's not that you're doing it to sort of make a connection for your career, but... It is a way to get to know somebody, yeah. and have a develop a real relationship with them, which is more interesting to me at this point. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was saying earlier. Why I don't do it remotely, like I. Well, you do. What do you mean? You do the show remotely? No, I mean oh. I don't do it through a computer. Oh. You know, oh, like I I'm in the oh. same room with right, the person. right, okay. Got like it. I, my whole thing with Wim Hof, you know, who's right. like really a close friend at this mm. point, and his son and daughter. Uh, you know they were like okay we can do it uh, you know Thursday on Zoom or and I was like no man let me fly to Holland I was in Spain at the time right, so right. it wasn't transatlantic right? Um, but I was like I'll fly to Holland I, you know I I want to sit down and like, go oh, okay sure that led to, you know, who knows how many right. connections. Right. All right, listen, we've been going yeah. for uh, We're good. We hit the over hour. an hour. We hit Let's the hour. It. Is, that, is yeah. that our... Yeah, that's uh, a good...
3: I think, I think people are probably uh, falling asleep listening to my talk about myself by now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you for having me on and promoting the pod because that's all that... You know, the, my job now is to go do other podcasts, to draw traffic to mine. So this is kind of something I have to do. And I hate asking people like, you know, I got to ask Theo Vaughn and oh, all these dude, people you I don't, know. You don't have to ask oh, me. Are you uh, yeah. kidding me? Yeah, I know. I mean, well, no, you're you're being very generous, but it's one of those things. I hate asking for stuff, and you know, it's something I need to do. So, thank you for letting
2: me uh, share. You, you got it backwards, it. man. Yeah. Thank you for doing it. Thank, thank you, you for Love sharing you. your life. Yeah, this with, is number four of them for my just friends, three or
3: four or five. Been I don't know.
2: I think you and I, you and I, did one with Stanley, didn't we? That's right. We did one with. St- no, we, did- we went
3: on the way to Stanley on the four o five. Oh, the four o five. Yeah, we did one at my apartment. We did one with. Uh, kyle in hawaii and this makes four we might have done one
2: other one i feel like there might be another figure it out yeah it doesn't matter all right simon rex nervous rex is the podcast ladies and gentlemen Check him out. He's had amazing guests. Who's, yeah. who's, who's next? Uh, or, you know, right now, going? actually,
3: I have none next. Did I you a, have like
2: 10 in the can or yeah, something? Yeah, I
3: got 10 in the can so I could go to Asia for a month. Oh, And they're right, just stacked up, right. and I scheduled them. I got Luke Rockhold coming up, who's a pro MMA fighter, friend of mine who just retired, who's this supermodel now, he's just this really badass dude. Got him coming up. But a bunch of them are coming out, soon. interesting people. So just go check it out, and you'll find them.
2: All right. Yeah, thanks, Thank dude. You, All right. All right, everybody, hope you enjoyed that conversation. Just a reminder, to uh, if you're going to go to Lilo.com, don't forget to use the discount code Chris Ryan, C-H-R-A-S-R-Y-A-N, at checkout for 15% off any full-price items on their website. Uh, Yeah, and uh, let me know how it goes. Hope you enjoy those Sex toys. (laughs) It makes a great Christmas gift. Makes a great Thanksgiving gift, too. All right, that's enough. Now we're going to say goodbye from my mom and the great Carsey Blanton. I'll talk to you next week. Okay, Mom, uh, tell people what they can order from the garage. Okay,
0: in our cottage garage, we have lots and lots of t shirts Sex at Dawn, Civilized to Death. Anthropology, tangentially speaking, paleo modern, and talking out of my ass.
2: <laughs> she didn't like saying that last one.
0: Then we now have some new things added. We've got beer cozies or koozies or whatever they're
2: called. Oh, civilized to death! Design. They're all civilized That's right. to death. We have stickers and car decals right yes okay there you have it that's julie my mom
5: he said baby what's a big deal feel what you want to feel say what you want to say you're gonna die one day for example i could kiss you just because I want to. And what's the difference if you turn away? I'm gonna die one day. Why do you waste your time thinking about your reputation? Trying to meet an expectation, wondering what they're gonna say. When everyone you've ever known is headed for a headstone. I Time thinking about a reputation.